Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first visit, I'm so glad that you found us. Now, there's a saying, isn't there, that we teach what we need to learn. And I think that that's true because I'm fascinated by people-pleasing behaviour. In fact, I even used to have an online business that was all about self-help for people-pleasers, which included things like learning how to say no. And if you want to, you can still actually check this out. It's, um, it's, I wrote actually some pretty good blogs on it, so it's worth checking out for, just for that. If you have a look at janetravis.com, now my current stuff is all on janetravis.co.uk, but if you check out janetravis.com, that's where you'll find the people-pleasing stuff. So go and have a little look. So yeah, for me, that saying was true because I'm a recovering people-pleaser, so it's people-pleasers that I chose to work with. Now, I think I'm a whole lot better than I used to be. So an example of this is many years ago, I had the flu. And when I say I had the flu, I mean, I had the proper flu, not just a bad cold. I was in bed. I could barely move. I had hot and cold sweats. I was shaking and I I just felt like death. But I had a friend arranged to come over. I I arranged this all before I fell poorly and I didn't want to let them down. So... I somehow managed to get downstairs and lay on the sofa and then they came and they spent the whole visit talking about their recent breakup and I was just laid there quietly dying to myself. And I guess that's the problem with being a people pleaser. There are always going to be people out there that are quite happy to let you do this. I mean, let's face it, would a real friend have seen how poorly I was and just carried on talking? They'd maybe have just gone home or even looked after me a little bit. So, yeah, I was a pretty, pretty bad people pleaser. So I didn't just not get my own needs met. When I think about it, I really had no idea what they even were. And this is something that I've been working on for the majority of my grown up life. And yes, things have improved a lot. And I'm now able to say no, to have boundaries and to ask for my needs to be met or at least most of the time. But it is definitely something I have to keep a handle on. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Well, it's because I suspect that a lot of counsellors are people pleasers or recovering people pleasers too. And being a people pleaser can have a real impact on your therapy business. It can have a real impact on how you run your business and even what income you make. And it can cause resentment and burnout. So I'm going to look at five things it can impact along with five solutions as well. So the first thing, issue number one, is things like appointment times. So this can really have an impact on you. So you might take on clients that are at times that are inconvenient for you because you just don't want to say no to people. So, for example, if somebody wants an appointment at two o'clock on a Saturday and you're quite short on clients, 
you might hate to say no. So you say yes and you say, I'll do it just for this one person. But then fast forward to two years later and they're still a client and you haven't had a free weekend in years. I think that's something that can happen quite regularly. And we sometimes take on clients at times that are inconvenient to us because either we feel that we won't get, you know, we're desperate to get clients and we we think if we say no, we'll push people away or we just want to be nice and it's hard to say no. So a solution is to manage your diary, you know, manage your diary, think about what times you want to work, what times you don't want to work and get clear on this in advance before you get a lot of clients. Now, I have a really simple way to manage this and I talk about it in depth in episode 24 that's called Managing Your Diary with Time Blocking and I'll put a link to that below and that also comes with a free download to actually help you to get started with managing your diary. But the beauty of it is that you get clear on the times that you're happy to work, the times that you don't want to work. And it makes it so much easier to manage a call or an email and be able to say, I'm not available at that time, but I have these other times as well, you know, other times instead. So the the second issue that this can really impact is money. Now, you might not charge enough or you might allow everyone to have a lower fee because you don't like to say no. Or you might even feel sorry for people. Now, being paid adequately is important within the counselling relationship. And without a fee, the whole relationship can become very unbalanced with the counsellor being the person that's giving and giving and giving and getting nothing back in return, which is classic people-pleaser behaviour. And that is not good for the counselling relationship. It's not good for the client. So although it can feel really good letting people have therapy at a reduced fee, it can cause some problems down the line. I remember a counsellor that was struggling financially herself, seeing someone at a reduced fee. Now, this client would then bring a Starbucks coffee with them to their meeting every week. And that caused some resentment in the counsellor because basically they couldn't afford one. And I've heard many stories of clients negotiating a lower fee to go on to talk about buying a new car or having a holiday or decorating their room or, or even sharing details of like a hefty inheritance. And it's really hard not to harbour feelings of resentment in those circumstances. And there's no place for resentment in the counselling room. Now, I used to offer reductions for counselling students. It seemed like a really nice thing to do. But at the time, I was a single parent. And by doing this, effectively, I was reducing my income by helping out people. And often some of these people were earning more than I was. So again, yes, it can be, it can be hard not to start feeling resentful under those circumstances. So what's the solution? The solution here really is to get clear and comfortable on your fee. Decide if you want to offer concessions, but just remember you don't have to offer offer concessions. You know, you can just charge a regular fee. That's absolutely fine. It doesn't make you either a bad person or a bad counsellor. It just means that you're valuing yourself and the service that you provide you are practicing really good counsellor self-care if you charge a decent fee and you're reducing the chance of burnout. 
Now, if you do choose to charge concessions, and as I say, you don't have to, but if you do, be really clear exactly on who you want to give concessions to and why. For example, if you give concessions to people working in the NHS and a teacher then asks for a concession, how will you handle it? The more clarity you have on this boundary, the better. And remember, there are lots of other ways that you can give back without either reducing your fee or working for free. And I talk about this with Sophia in episode 32, which is called Five Easy Ways to Give Back to Charity Without Reducing Your Fees or Working for Free. And I'll share the link to that below. It's well worth a listen. You'll get loads of brilliant ideas from it. So the third issue that might crop up is people that want help between sessions. Now, I don't think this happens all that much, but when it does happen, it's really it really can feel quite difficult to work with. So it's worth thinking in advance what you're going what you might do if this happens to you. So some clients can start to push back against this boundary especially if they're in a chaotic situation. And let's face it, so many of our counselling clients are. And although you know from your training that boundaries around this are important, as a people pleaser, your natural instinct might be to be there for them and kind of get pulled in. Now, I learned this lesson kind of accidentally, really, when a client called me when I was in the middle of a work's Christmas meal. So... (laughs) There I was in the middle of a works Christmas meal, all dressed up, a few glasses of champagne inside me and the phone rang and rang. And before I really, really thought about it, I instinctively answered the phone without thinking, probably because I'd had a couple of glasses of wine. So fast forward to me standing outside in the cold, looking through the window of the pub at all my friends sitting, drinking and having a laugh. And there I am freezing cold in my party clothes whilst I listened to what this this client wanted to share with me. Now, it wasn't an emergency, thank God. And even if it was an emergency, I wouldn't have been the right person to call if it had have been. And yes, if I'm, feel, if I'm going to be really honest here, I felt resentful that they'd encroached on my special social time, my Christmas party. And that wasn't a good feeling. So I learned a lot from that situation. I learned about clear boundaries. So please learn from me and keep those boundaries firm. So a solution for this very often is to have a separate phone for your clients. I know lots of counsellors do that. You can buy a very cheap pay-as-you-go phone that you keep purely for clients. And then when you're not working, you can just turn it off or you can just let it go to voicemail and have a voicemail that reminds them what time you do work and that you'll get back to them then if that's the applicable response for you. And also maybe consider having an out-of-office email that says you're not available to read their email, but you will get back to their message the next time that you're at work. And if you do respond, just respond with kindness. But say something like, that sounds really tough for you, and we can have a proper look at this in our next session. And obviously, if this happens, if somebody crosses this boundary, then this is a great thing to bring into the counselling room. It's a really important thing to unpack because if they're if they're overstepping your boundaries, they'll be doing it with other people as well. So this can be really important work for that client. So issue four, what is the impact on your business of being a people pleaser? 
Well, what I really want for you is to really enjoy your practice, to get what you need from it and to earn a good wage. And these things are totally possible. In private practice, you can work the hours that you want with the people and the issues that you feel passionately about. You have choice, freedom and the ability to increase your earnings, either by seeing more clients, increasing your fee or even starting a second, in, a second stream of income. So I would say pause and really consider what you want from your practice. Now, I talk about this in episode 28, which is called How to Get and Stay Motivated. And again, I'll share this below. It's definitely worth you having a look because when you get clear on why you're doing this, on what you really want from your practice, on what you need in your life to be happy, then things change. It's so important to pause periodically and reconnect with this because otherwise you end up with just a job rather than a lifestyle and this is a lifestyle that you can turn into whatever you want it to be. So consider what you'd like your life to look like in five years time or 10 years time and then you can work towards it. So if you want to take a Friday off, yeah, you can work towards that. If you want to work in a particular way, you have the reins of your business. You can make that happen. If you want a holiday or a raise, yep, it's down to you. You can make it happen. It's all about you knowing what you want and putting the boundaries in place to make that happen. And issue number five is really the impact of people pleasing on you personally, because constantly putting the needs of others first comes at a cost. In your practice, the worst case scenario is for you to work on the days that you don't want to, at the times that are inconvenient to you, and the impact of this on your social life. Basically, your work-life balance gets completely out of kilter. Not only this, but you're not going to be earning enough and you become resentful, which isn't a good place to be as a counsellor. All this really comes down to a lack of personal self-care and this can lead to a lack of confidence, to low mood or even burnout. Now the solution, well, you know, let's face it, this is definitely not why you became a counsellor and if you recognise any of this, then I would invite you to pause and really reflect on your business and your counselling. And this is a great thing to journal around. Ask yourself the question, if I put the needs of my clients over my own needs, how will that impact me long term? So how about me? Well, yes, I do still class myself as a recovering people pleaser, definitely. In fact, I've recently started personal therapy again, in part because I noticed some people pleasing tendencies creeping back into my life. So maybe that's an option for you. Maybe you could go and get some more counselling. Because I don't think people pleasing just goes away. I think it's something that's kind of just a part of us. And I think it can always be there lurking. It can be lurking around in different ways, in different situations. So it's for me to be aware of it and to keep doing the work. And the more work that I do on this, the more boundaries that I get and the better that I feel. I know that saying no is uncomfortable sometimes. In fact, very often saying no is really uncomfortable. But the more that you can do it, the easier it gets. And it is absolutely, totally worth it. 
So today we've had a look at how there's no place in private practice for people pleasing. It doesn't help you and it doesn't help the clients. And I've shared five ways that it can impact on you and your practice and five solutions. Because what is counselling? Fundamentally, counselling is a service. You provide a service that can transform lives. It can change how people view themselves. It can improve relationships forever. It can stop people hating themselves. It can stop people harming themselves. And ultimately, it can even stop people killing themselves. Counselling is a valuable service. You are providing a valuable service and it's okay to be paid to provide that. It's okay for people to pay for a service that's going to help them in those sorts of ways. It's okay to value yourself and what you do. As a counsellor in private practice, it's not all about the client and that doesn't make you selfish. It's okay for you to build your business on something that suits you and helps to improve the quality of your life. Because otherwise, why bother? Because it's just a lot of hard work and nothing back for you. Okay, so that's it for this week. I really hope that you found this episode helpful. If you did, remember to click subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. And if you know a counsellor that you think this might help, please share it, be a friend. Now, I would love to connect with you. The best places to find me are either on Instagram, which is Grow Your Private Practice, which is all lowercase, no spaces. And on LinkedIn, you'll find me just under Jane Travis. So please come and say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Have a fantastic week and I'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.